This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. You can listen to us on 910 The Fan in Richmond. Appreciate that. And you can take us on the go with the Odyssey app. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network. We're presented by Crop Metcalf, official heating and cooling company of the Junks. Joining us right now, like he does every week, the head coach of the Washington Capitals. He's brought to you by the Centers for Advanced Orthopedics. More physicians... More locations, more advanced care centered around one thing you visit cfaortho.com. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, guys. Coach Carbs, good morning. Uh, Before we talk about the Ducks win last night, have you recovered from the string of questionable calls that went against the Caps in the loss to the Rangers in New York on Sunday? The last Mm. being that crazy tripping call against Carly. Oh, yeah. You trying to get me in trouble? No, no, not well, really. I'm just asking what like what's your mental state after that? I'm sure you've processed it, but I still can't believe that they called a tripping penalty because Carly <laughs> fell into like a broken skate uh broken stick that was on yeah. the ice. Yeah. And then the stick like gets tangled up in the, the Rangers player skates. Mm-hmm. He trips and then all of a sudden that's that's Carly's fault. I just can't and, believe and, that happened. And coach, coach, that you probably don't know this, but um, the cameras were, they would pan to you <laughs> after these calls, and all you did was you were just shaking your head, and you could just tell the steam how, coming out of his ears. How bitter you were. I think there was a penalty on Max, too. I can't remember what it was, but you were just shaking your head, and I, I could just tell what was going oh. through your mind. And there was, um, yeah, that was a tough day, tough day for, um, for the officials, and, and even, um, there was a blatant, uh, too many men that they had. They jumped early, got um, off a rush, and it was an easy call, especially given the situation. They put us down five on three. I, I wasn't in love with that call to go down. The, the Nick Dowd, I feel like there was some embellishment there from Fox, which is a smart play, but I just feel like the, um, you know, w- 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 our guys are smart enough to know what's going on in those situations. So it was. Uh, Definitely an off night, uh, or felt like that way, at least mm-hmm. for us. Do you guys have scouting reports on the officials? How much do you prep for that? Um, not really. I just know them because you've been around them. Like Jake Brink, um, you know, I've known him for uh, – he, he used to coach in the ECHL – or, excuse me, coach, uh, ref – games when he first came in uh, I want to say eight nine years ago so I like you, you 
you start to get used to and have a relationship with the referees in the league and kind of get a feel for their um, demeanor, how they call games. But there's no real like, hey, watch out for your high sticks tonight because Jake called like that. We don't really do much in, in the way of that. And and before we talk about the Ducks game, uh, some of the saves that Lindgren was making, Coach, especially that uh, that I think it was Kreider right in front of the net. I mean, yeah. that was just yeah. that was just sick, unbelievable reaction. Yeah. yeah, because we were short in that game for so long that um, we needed we needed the PK to keep us in it, and, and Chucky's a big part of that. And so that save on that five on three on Kreider was a massive save. There's a couple other big ones that keeps that game within reach to where it gives us a fighting chance. And I, I thought we played really well there. Um, really w- wish we were able to get that thing tied up and at least get that thing to overtime because of the way that we played and our process was real strong. So Kemp's with the 24-save shutout last night, his first of the season, came at a great time for him and the team. Darcy's numbers in his last six outings had been kind of rough. Let's hope that last night was the start of a heater for him, really good performance by him. Yeah, and and the timing of it, exactly as you described, couldn't have been better for our team. We knew Anaheim had played the night before, and, and we know the team that they have, a younger team, but they also have some veterans that are sprinkled in there, and we know that we needed um, to look after our business last night and make sure that we were finding a way to grind out two points, however that looked, whether it was us, um, firing on all cylinders, or we had to grind, and um, you know, which which we're very comfortable in, which ends up the way the game plays out for us, which is fine. But we knew we needed to um, have a strong performance and get a result last night. Coach, I saw your quote about how the volume of shots that he was facing in a game like last night that can be actually be a detriment to a goalie. But yeah. he obviously wasn't flustered by the low amount of pucks coming his way in that game. Yeah, it, it's it's challenging for goalies when when they look up because they're they're in the game and when the puck's down at the other end for majority of the time, especially early in the game, and you and you're looking at the shot clock and you've got two shots and three shots through twenty minutes, and um, sometimes that can get tricky mentally because you're you're all of a sudden they're going to get a scoring chance. It's just inevitable that you're going to give up whatever it is a scoring chance so when you haven't faced a lot of shots and action and and the puck hasn't been in your end it it forces you to be Johnny in the spot in one look even though you might you might have been just standing there for four five eight ten minutes and so sometimes those are real challenging games for goaltenders and I thought Kemp's did a really good job of when we did lose a little bit of momentum a little bit in the second period and then also in that third period when they pushed for about, you know, five, six minutes, um, he, he made some real quality saves that we needed. And, and there wasn't a ton, but there were some timely ones, and it was a great performance by him. Coach, I only saw the first period last night, but when I was watching it, it just seemed like it was just a real fast first period. It was a lot of action. You guys were you, – you just looked faster. Your team looked faster. Maybe that's a product of the way Anaheim plays. I don't know. I mean, it's the first time I've seen the Ducks this year. But um, what did you notice about the first period? Because uh, it looked like there was a lot of action. Your guys are ready to play. Yeah, I, I, I really liked our game. I wish um... – <clears throat> 
like offensively, we had the puck a lot. We we generated a decent amount of volume against their goaltender offensively. It just was a little bit like I, th- th- there were some opportunities that we had that we just weren't able to capitalize on or make that last player find that finishing touch on it. Not um, sometimes, but it but it's sort of been accustomed to our group. Is sometimes it gets a little bit frustrating because you want to be rewarded for all that speed, like you're talking about, all the pace that we're playing with, controlling the play, um, our puck possession, and and you want some of those sequences to end up in the back of the net. And when they don't, it it, it can get frustrating. And so that's where um, I was proud of the guys to stick with it. Even though pucks weren't going in, you can start to cheat and get a little bit loose and try to force the issue. And and for the most part, even though we weren't executing at, um, you know, at, at the, an elite level, we still did the right things and, and played the right way and um, didn't cheat the game. So, Phillison, on Ethan Bear's game, you guys just signed him just before the new year on December 28th. Uh, he gets the first goal last night. Phillison on Ethan Bear. Uh, Ethan Bear, young defenseman, mobile guy. So, not your um, Joel Edmondson, big, strong, physical. He's more of your puck-moving can skate and can add a little bit of um, offensive flair, which you saw last night. He's good at getting his shot through, finding shot lanes, activating in the offensive zone. And um, so that four on four, there's a little bit more space out there. And so when you get into those four on four, three on three overtime situations, you you can see the mobility of D-men start to take form a little bit more and you saw that with Nick Jensen and Ethan Bear there where they start to move around a little bit create some separation for each other and and it was a great play um, not only to deliver that thing but if you look Osh is right at the net front I think it hits off of him and then kicks where Ethan Bear is activating down from the from the blue line up top and and gets rewarded so it's a that was a huge goal I mean to get the lead and then be able to play with that lead that was a big goal for us. Coach, uh, everyone kind of wants to know where we are with Ovi. I, I have a question. I know you guys are very secretive about injuries and everything, but is is he out from when he got his legs tangled up there? I think it was in that Carolina game. Um, is that kind of what he's dealing with without being too specific? And then can we expect um, him back soon? It, yeah, I, w- I don't think this is going to be a long-term thing. I think um, I would expect him back soon, whether it's next game, or the Saturday game, first game of the road trip. I I, I think it's um, it's coming soon. This isn't something that's going to take, you know, a month or, uh-huh. or five more games than that. Um, and and it uh, specific to the injury, I I don't think it was that Carolina. I know what what you're talking about. I think uh-huh. when he got tangled up with Stall, I think this is a different situation. Okay, gotcha. All right, so you talked about um, you mentioned that road trip. You guys are going to close out the uh, the first half before the All Star game. <laughs> with a road trip um, against some pretty good teams, especially out there and you're going to play out there in Denver, but it starts, uh, you, you got a home game tomorrow against St. Louis, a back-to-backer, and then you'll go to St. Louis. So tell me about the blues playing them black, uh, back-to-back on uh, Thursday and Saturday. Yeah. Unique situation. Cause you, you only play the West teams um, home and home, right? Twice a year. So we play St. Louis, a West team. We, we play them twice, essentially back-to-back home and home with them. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a little, um, little two games set for us similar to what we just had with the Rangers and haven't seen them. So it, um, I like the challenge for our group there. They've played well this year. They're a strong team. They've got some good young talent 
and it gives us an opportunity to, to, you know, home ice, focus on that first, and then we get on the road and, and face the same opponent and have a little bit of more, more familiarity having played them once and, and play in their building. So good chance for us to continue to progress. I've liked our game over the last three games, especially New York, New York, and Anaheim, and hopefully we can carry that momentum over into Thursday night uh, against the new opponent. Coach, those Metro standings, they are bunched up. Spots two through seven, separated by a total of seven points with Caps, Pens, and Isles, all with 48 points as of today. And you look down in the standings, the last place Blue Jackets, they have the most points of any other divisional last place team in the league with 37. There are no soft spots in the Metro. That seems to be the theme of the season. Yeah, and and it's, I mean, we know what we're up against, and, and it's going to be, um, a, a battle right, right to the finisher. So all these games, and if you look at our schedule, like I, I usually stay pretty focused short term, but it, um, it just doesn't, doesn't. There's no off nights. There's no easy nights. There's no oh, okay. Well, we can let off the gas, or um, you know, can't have it. We don't need our best here. We can potentially just cruise through this. Like that, it's just not. Um, the way it's going to be, especially with how many teams are fighting for points and trying to um, jockey for position. So we know where we're at. We know the importance of each and every game going from here on in, but that's the that's the challenge that our group is embracing, and, and hopefully we can accumulate some wins here before the break, sort of reset, and then get ready for the final push to where we really go after the all-star break of, of February and March. Another weird, weird schedule quirks in your next 11 games, none against Metro division opponents. How tough is that where you, you just don't have as much familiarity with the teams you're facing? Yeah, it'll be different because we go out and we play now five in a row against West teams, right? Well, this would be six if you count Anaheim. So we go St. Louis, St. Louis, uh, the Minnesota, Colorado, Dallas, which are all three difficult games. And then we, come back after the break and that's um you know montreal florida boston so th- this is mo- the the stretch that i'm most concerned with of us playing against these west teams and, and going on the road um to your point some some teams that we don't see a ton of so we need to be real diligent and detailed with our preparation of the differences of the style of play and, and what we're going to be up against in some hostile environments playing in Minneapolis, then the next night playing in Denver and Colorado and their style of play and dealing with the Nathan McKinnons and Rantons and Kale McCars of the world. And then going to Dallas, like though there's um, some things that we just have to be aware of, but we know, and, and I feel like our group is pretty, um, grounded when it comes to what we're we just need to figure out St. Louis and we, we right. need to find a way to play well on Thursday night and then the, the the next opponent then we sort of reset we refocus and okay now what do these guys do well how do we neutralize it and how do we get to our game I mean I, I know you realize how hard it is to win you know just you know back-to-back games in a row and I'm just checking out the stand Edmonton's won 11 straight games I mean what the Crazy. F is going on there I mean <laughs> How difficult is it to win, you know, three or four in a row, let alone eleven? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, that's no joke. Now it helps when you have a couple of the best players on the planet, right? right. And, <laughs> that would help. And uh, and Leon uh, Drysaito, but um, yeah, that that's no joke. Like they're uh, rattling off wins like that in this league is um, is no joke for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, coach, keep it going. 
Okay. Thank you, guys. Star yep. St. Louis. All Talk right. to you soon. Thanks. Thank you, buddy. I mean, Edmonton's won 11 straight, and they're still 13 points down in their division. So they, <laughs> well, they, they started off really right, slow. I right. remember that they, they were they were scuffling at the beginning of the correct, season. Correct, correct. And now they're, man, 11 straight wins. you got to start mm. fading them, Cakes. <laughs> hey, later in the show, we're going to give you a chance to win some great prizes. We have tickets to the Wizards-Nuggets game, as well as tickets to go see Hootie and the Blowfish at Jiffy Lube Live. So we'll do that on a game show Wednesday here on the Junkies. Welcome back. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Junkies come to you live on 106.7 The Fan. <laughs> Quick public service announcement for everybody listening. Ethan Bear scored his goal last night in the McNugget Minute. Yes. So if you, oh, use, if you spend a dollar on the McDonald's app today, boom, six McNuggets free. Freebies. Courtesy of Ethan Bear. There you go. So, hey, you're out and about. You want free nuggies. Pull into your so you buy McDonald's. soda and then you get the free nuggies. Yeah. It's a great deal. Mm. Fantastic deal, actually. <laughs> I'm mad at myself. I've never called them nuggies. I followed your lead. Hey. McNuggies. Me and uh, Andy Reid calling them nuggies. Hmm. That's right. From his uh, State Farm commercial. All right. So, uh, Drabby wants to kind of talk about playoff pressure and specifically with Dak, and, but even more it broader, the sort of he, th- he thinks I'm crazy or he thinks I'm wrong. I kind of have this opinion. I'll set it up, and you guys can argue with me. No one ever agrees with me. But um, I kind of feel like like Dak struggled, obviously. He had a really, really bad game. He struggled to win the playoffs. So people just think he's just he's just not good enough. Um, and I don't think that. I think if you're good enough to win in the regular season, you can win in the playoffs. You just Sometimes you just have to knock on the door. Sometimes you get unlucky. Sometimes you just play bad. Mm-hmm. Um it certainly there's more pressure in the playoffs, but there's a hell of a lot of pressure in a regular season NFL game week to week. Um, maybe not in week 17, um, but I think by and large there's pressure every week. Um, and so I always use the example of everyone said John Elway was a loser, couldn't do it, you know, and finally he won did. two Super Bowls in his last two seasons, went right off to the sunset. Um, I'm sure there are other examples. So, I don't know. You guys probably disagree with me because I, I, I know Jason often says, well, I don't think you can win with that guy. If you can win 10, 11 games in a regular season with a guy, I think that guy's certainly capable of winning three or four games in the playoffs. Yeah, and you might playing well. And you might be right. I just think that, first of all, the pressure gets more it's intense in, in the playoffs. There's no doubt. And every player probably feels that, quarterbacks especially. Now, some quarterbacks handle it better than others. Also... Um, you know, with Dak, it's just that, I mean, he's pretty much, he's played in seven playoff games, and he's played well in one of them, really. Mm-hmm. He's two and, and five. And that was the Tampa game mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago. Um, can he win? I, I mean, you just, I guess you just have to prove it. Look, there's a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson, too, mm-hmm. this this year. We've talked about Lamar Jackson. He hadn't been a great quarterback in the postseason. Put, puts up really good numbers in the regular season. He's going to win his second MVP. But now the pressure gets ramped up. Now you really have but to But he's prove. another example. It's like if they lose, I don't think Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs. It's just 
Well, yeah, no, couple, but, that, but that'll be the question. The question will be for the next year. All right, can he win? Can he win? Yeah. Until, until, he, until, he can. He, until he does. My yeah. argument well, is he can. There are a couple factors. All right, number one, and I do the, believe. Here's the other thing: is in the playoffs, you're playing better teams. So, yeah. So you're saying, so. so you're saying, okay, in the regular season, you you can handle that pressure. Well, in the regular season, for the most part. You know, half of your schedule, if not more, right. they're not as good as the teams you're playing in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he's like the Cardinals or a bottom. Feeder. Well, that's the factor. Certainly, that's team. why your team could lose. But it's, it's also it's a team game. That's and again, a big factor in the NFL. But I do believe some people are more clutch. They just are. Sure. Some people want the ball at the end of a basketball game to take a shot, which could either win it or lose it. And some guys don't. The NFL is different. The quarterback, you're right, has pressure every game. Mm-hmm. And I certainly think you could point to certain guys. The 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 rap on certain guys is they can't win in the playoffs until they do. Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. Jason used to say you can't win with Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Well, now now he's done he it. doesn't have that rep anymore. Correct. Um, I do think Prescott in this game against the Packers, where they are big time favorites, where they've won sixteen games in a row. When they fell behind, he felt the pressure. And I saw other players on ESPN talking about it. And I always find it hard when they go, you can see the look in his eyes. You know, that that stuff, I think, is a little bit overrated. But I do think guys can press. Absolutely. But I don't think it's a fatal flaw that every time they're in that situation, they're going to choke. But Prescott may not be good enough in the playoffs against the better teams. Like that's the that's the big factor. Or, or like he just needs to play well in that situation. Like by and large, like he's played well many large, times before. The guys who have had success and taken teams to Super Bowls. You know, Tom Brady did it ten times. Peyton Manning did it four times. Taken teams to Super Bowls. They are the elite of the elite. That's just the way it is. There's just some guys that aren't as good. When the pressure is on, correct. I mean, Clayton Kershaw in from May through August is unbelievable. He sucks in October. He's a totally different pitcher. I don't know what it is. Greg Norman can win a million Aussie uh, tours. He gets to Augusta or these other majors, he crumbles. That was clearly pressure. I know, but that was he clearly (laughs) caved under pressure. Well, no, he he choked with Faldo. The others, he was getting holed out on all over the place. (laughs) But how many times? He choked against Faldo. The others, he the guys, Bob Toys hit bunker shots. Larry Mize chipping in from a hundred yards. Okay, but he he got a hose. Yeah, but he could have birdied another. He could have birdied another hole along the way to to create more separation. Greg Norman was like the number one ranked golfer in the world for like eight years. Right, but he can handle. How pressure. long do you? How long do you keep <laughs> Prescott? Like I watched Dan Orlovsky the other day, and he's he he's a he thinks Dak's an excellent player, but he said, look, at, at some point when you've had that lack of success in the playoffs over and over and over again, you got to move on. It's hard to do that. Though. Maybe listen, and, and Dax look, Dak's thirty years old. I mean, he's not old. He's got a lot of years he's left. Not old, but he's not thirty's not exactly young either in the, nah, the but for a quarterback, game. I mean he's got another six to you know eight years. Yeah, but like how many other great oppor- how many other opportunities is he gonna have with allegedly a great defense? Now we didn't see that defense come to play against I know. the Packers and a team that wins twelve games and is set up to have two playoff games at home. Like yeah. He might never be in this sort of situation. No, look, ever they blew again. a big chance. Right, they they blew a big chance to at least win a couple games and then go to San Francisco if San right. Francisco gets there. But he's only thirty. Next year's a whole new year. We'll see if the coach is the same. 
um, who, who the coordinators are the same. But um, what was I going to say? I was going to say, oh, I think there's pr- there's pressure on Josh Allen too. That's now true. Josh Allen's all, is younger, but you know he's lost to Kansas City twice in the playoffs. Now both those games were in Kansas City. Now he's got him at home. All right, so there's pressure on these quarterbacks that you have got high expectations they're, for. They're Josh all, is a little different though than Dak in that you can point to one or two good games that Dak has had out of the mm-hmm. seven seven playoff games. He's yeah. two and five. Yeah, Josh has had. Oh, he's, played, games, he's played very well. Including yeah. the game against Kansas City where it was a shootout back and forth. And look, team doesn't win the coin toss. Yeah. Team yeah. wins the coin toss. Maybe Josh Allen right. has moved on. And maybe he doesn't have that reputation yet. But when, I guess my point is these big-time, big-name quarterbacks, once they get the regular season, fine. They're ex- expected to play well in the regular season. Once they get to the playoffs, if you're going to be considered one of the greatest, you're judged by what you do in the postseason. Cowboy fans. And sometimes I think that's unfair. That's my opinion. Cowboy fans, yeah, though, have right. to be frustrated because, as Cake said, they were set up for success. They had the 16 game home winning streak. Mm-hmm. Dak had nearly an MVP season. He didn't win it because of what happened in the last month, and Lamar kind of took over the last month. Lamar Jackson will probably win the MVP. But he had an MVP type of season, regular season. And then they choke <clears> in the playoffs again. Cowboys fans, you can chime in, 800-636-1067. Do you want to move on? The problem with moving on from a Dak Prescott is it's very risky. are you going to find somebody better? Yeah, it's very risky. It's going to be tough to find somebody risk. better. It's very risky. And, and that's kind of like what the Vikings have the same type of issue with Kirk Cousins. So with Kirk Cousins, he is 1-4 in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Similar. Put up really good regular seasons, and then for whatever reason, it doesn't work out in the playoffs. I'm sorry, I have to keep running back with the guys and hope they break through. Because I'm like, if I if I if I'm Minnesota, my like, man, I'm going to go out in the wilderness and, and try to find some, something better than Kirk Cousins. Oh, you're going to try to keep of, chopping the wood. Best you're of gonna, luck to you on that. You're going to keep knocking and going. I got a guy here that's uh, prolific. He's ex- he's got game winning drives. He's won big games before. He's even won playoff games before. He's just hasn't been able to game. have. Uh, a, a ton of success yet in the playoffs. No thought he could do better than Kirk Cousins. Going to keep Mike chopping Zimmer, wood. when he drafted Kellen Mond. What in the third? Was it the third round? Third round, yeah. Way overdrafted him. Uh, Kellen Mond, I think, is on his third or fourth team yeah. already. And we're killing Kirk Dak. Cousins still and Dak strong. was awful. He was dreadful. Sometimes guys just play bad. Don't look at the four hundred and three passing yards. There was a lot That's of that was garbage, empty. Yeah. The defense was really bad too. So you know, it's a, it's a team loss, right? Right. It's a team loss. Coaching staff was out coached. Play, defense was terrible. Right, um, but the quarterbacks always get looked at first, for sure. Josh but Allen, I think it might not be fair. Josh Allen is five and four in the playoffs, yeah. so obviously a better record than Dak. But his numbers are a lot better. Yeah, well, he's got twenty touchdowns with only four interceptions. He's yeah. actually been pretty spectacular. Look, I do think there is something to guys who are better in the clutch. And right now, but you certainly those can't are the best put, guys in the league. Right. So it's it, it would be That's rare true. for a guy to be great in a regular season, and then you just say he doesn't have the clutch gene. Come on, the guy plays clutch all the time in the regular season in pressure situations. Yeah, but the playoffs against the better teams, I think there is something. We got to have better players around you too to help you. Yeah. You know, maybe you it's need- too Kirk Cousins centric in Minnesota. You know, maybe you need more of a balanced attack. I don't know. Maybe Kirk just needs a better defense. I don't know. I don't know the Vikings. But you can't, the guy can't do it all by himself. Well, Do you think Dan Marino sucks because he didn't have success in the playoffs? Who? who? Marino. Are no. you the greatest quarterback no. of all time? He had a bad, de- bad defense. I mean, he put up good numbers in the postseason. But Dak specifically has put up bad numbers in the postseason. 
Sometimes guys so just play bad. So if he had 20 touchdowns and four picks, but they're still losing, all right, well, you're not looking at Dak as much as you're looking at other athletes. Marino, Marino was that rocket screen to Jack Squirk in 83. <laughs> I'll never forget it. That team was dominant. Yep. And then we got smoked, smoked in that Super Bowl. And that 83 team was way better than the 82 team. Everybody knows it. Marcus Allen was going nuts. We got smoked in that game. 800 636 I don't know. If I was a Cowboys fan, would I want to move on from Dak? I think it's you know he his narrative is almost the same as Tony Romo's, right? Where mm-hmm. it's is it good enough? I, I do think you need to be elite. Like there are exceptions. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, but generally you so need many. to be the best, of the best. And Dak is not in that top tier. He's in the next tier. He's in the Kirk Cousins tier. This year he was better than usual, but. If you name the top quarterbacks in the league that win the Super Bowls, they're yeah. usually the top five, six guys, and I think he's just below that. But this, but year, this, but this year you would have had Dak up at the, yes. near the top. This year. Until the postseason. Yeah. This year. He's but, had a but again, and you, seasons like you that. brought it up. But like Mahomes has won two Super Bowls already. Mm-hmm. All right. I think Josh Allen's capable. I think Lamar Jackson's capable. I think Joe Burrow's capable. Jalen Hurts took his team to the Super Bowl, was close last year, so I'll put him there, although this year was down. Yeah. Dak might just not be good enough. Well, I can't wait until a guy like Baker wins. You know, a guy, everybody out on the trash. He's probably not well, going to. Yeah, when, when is that going to happen? I don't know, but I'll give I just, you, everybody I, I, thought he sucked. I root and look, for Baker. Look at the year he's had. I root for Baker, and I like the comeback story, but if you gave me his career, like if you did a career bet, I'll give you a career Super Bowl win for Baker Mayfield. I'll say no. Mm-hmm. The thing about because usually it is the, about Cowboys, the top guys. And I'm sure there's Cowboys fans that will disagree, and they won't get rid of him. But if you want to get rid of Dak and you don't want to pay him another huge salary, another huge contract, which he's going to be up for here very soon, where are you going? You right. know, and, where and where are you be, going? Who are you going to replace? Teams that are with? interested in acquiring Dak Prescott. So you, if you're a Cowboy fan, you if you're a Cowboy fan, you might say, okay. Dak's going to get us 11, 12 wins, but he's going to suck in the postseason. Okay, but who are you going to replace him with? Because the quarterback situation in this league is oh, so dicey. It's yeah. dire. EB, you said you'd love to have Dak Prescott, but would you trade the number two pick? This is hypothetical, <laughs> straight up. You got the number two pick this year where you can draft Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, whoever's, whoever you're going to mm-hmm. get. I don't know. It depends on my take, evaluation of those guys. Or you take Dak Prescott. I think most people would trade away Dak Prescott and roll the dice on one of the young guys. Because the other factors is makes a ton of money. I think he's got yeah. one year left on this deal. He's got a no trade clause. So, uh, like, if you were going to trade him to, I don't know what teams need the Patriots. They have the number three pick, or you're going to trade him to the Falcons. Vikings, or, yeah. Give me all the guys. He I, has to say yes first. I, I'll mm-hmm. take my chances with the Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. Give me another guy that hasn't had playoff success, Josh Allen, whoever. I'll take my chances with those guys over a just an unproven. Uh, college guy, almost every time. I, I, I just unless the guy's going to be like the next Andrew Luck. Allegedly, it's such a quarterback-driven league that right now, when you look at the eight teams that are in the playoffs, mm-hmm. all right, you have two number one picks. Now both of those guys are on their second teams: Jared Goff and Baker, Baker Mayfield. You got a number two pick in C.J. Stroud, who's a rookie phenom. Mm-hmm. He could end up being great. You've got an MVP, one-time MVP is probably going to be his second MVP in Lamar Jackson. You have Patrick Mahomes. He's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Jordan Love, we haven't seen enough, but this is first wow. year starting, and he's he looks like an absolute ascending. stud. Yeah. And then you got Brock Purdy. Yeah. You know, like he's the outlier, but he had a, an amazing year. And who knows how he'll play in the postseason? We have no idea. It's not a coincidence. You don't have really find me the Kirk Cousins in the final eight. Yeah. I mean, Baker, I guess. Grant Paul Baker, tweeted this but Baker couple... was a number one pick. Yeah. Grant Paulson tweeted this a couple days ago. There are eight teams left standing. Seven of the eight quarterbacks were drafted in the first round. Three of the eight drafted top two. Five of the eight drafted top ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason that you want to pick. If if your season is bottomed out and you win three or four games, there's a reason you want to pick your quarterback in the top three. There was an analytics guy who put out something yesterday, and it was a long thread. It was hard to retweet it. But he did a study of, I think it was the last 30 years, of the number one pick and every other quarterback drafted in the first round. And the number one pick success rate, he picked five categories. Like five categories was 4,000-yard seasons, 30-touchdown seasons, uh, Pro Bowls, Mm -hmm. Super Bowls. So the number one pick, different in each category, but had like a success rate. I'm just going to make it up like 60%, 50%, 40% went to Super Bowls, 75%. Number one picks went to Pro Bowls, eighty uh, percent, four thousand yard season, and then even the number two pick, it was like chopped in half. Yeah, it wasn't even close, right, to what the number one pick did in terms of Super Bowls and Pro Bowls and four thousand yard seasons and thirty touchdown seasons. It wasn't even close. So Dak, really good, but he's not elite of the elite, and he hasn't. Like, the record speaks for itself. He hasn't been in this situation where he's taken his team to a conference championship. I just think you could have that criticism, you know, until they break through. I mean, Yeah, that's, so. what, that's what it is. I mean, he'll be judged at the end of his career. And, and the problem with it is I, I definitely don't think that he's got some sort of mental defect that he can't execute in the playoffs. Um, but there is something to be said for when you do continue to not come through, the mm. pressure does build on itself. Correct. So it gets each greater year. each time. Yep. You know, like Barry Bonds is a great hitter, never really had great postseason success. Does that mean that, you know, he's wired differently or he didn't he couldn't handle pressure? I don't think so. It's just it's the way it worked out. Eight hundred six three six one oh six seven we'll come back with your calls next as we talk about Dak Prescott. And what would you do with him? Do All right, you stay make- with him or do you move on? Make no mistake, the cold Washington weather is here. Is your home's heating system ready to go the distance? Assure your family's comfort all season long. Call my guys, the five-star heating experts at Crop Metcalf. Not only will your Crop Metcalf five-star technician properly fix and maintain your system, but they have the knowledge and experience to catch potential problems before you're left out in the cold. Call 1-800-GO-CROP or visit CropMetcalf.com. Crop Metcalf, home of the five-star technician, and proud partner of the Washington Nationals. Welcome back. Chucky's on 106.7 The Fan. We're talking about Dak Prescott, what the Cowboys should do. They were set up to make a run at least at a NFC Championship game with two home games had they won against the Packers. But Jordan Love had a fantastic game. Dak did not, including a pick six. His second one put them in terrible position, too, or his first one, first actually. first one did. Um, They've scored two plays later, I think. Yeah. So and it was then essentially were, a pick six. And then they were in a big hole and ultimately put up some numbers, but it was all empty calories. They were way, way behind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
career record in the playoffs is two and five. Do you move on from, we put it up as the junkies poll of the day brought to you by van meter homes, but let's go to the phone calls. Polls only been up for a couple minutes it and way. it is about 50, 50 right now. I also just wanted to clarify, you know, you asked me if, if I'm the, uh, the Redskins slash commanders, would I trade uh, the number two pick for those guys? If I thought we were one player away, quarterback away. Yes. But that's not the case here. We got like three players to keep. We're horrific, so might as well learn and develop a young quarterback because we're not winning anything anytime soon. Yeah, you're looking to build long term. You know I mean? So, but if we were if we were on the brink of it and we were winning nine ten games every year and we just were a quarterback away, then of course I would it's a lot it. of other factors too. But like you, what I think the Cowboys have to wrestle with is: Would you rather have a quarterback who's maybe not quite as good as Dak Prescott? But you're paying him forty million less, right? Like, mm-hmm. where would the Cowboys be with Jacoby Brissett? Maybe they would win ten, eleven games. Mm-hmm. Possibly, mm-hmm. I doubt they'd do it every year. Not every single year. Yeah, he might be able to one off one. It, you know, and, I, I don't I'm think just, he's and they good. definitely wouldn't win in the postseason. I don't think Jacoby Brissett well, is as good. Just saying, you, you're, yeah. just, you're not gonna. You definitely aren't gonna win with him. at the least Dak. You have a shot. Is if Adam Peters hits on the pick and say it's say it's Drake May and. He's C.J. Stroud as a rookie. Then you can compete. Like, look what C.J. Stroud has turned around the entire fortunes of that Houston, yeah, Texas team. He has, but I would argue that they must have better players than us, even though they were bad the year before. I mean, they I must guess, have better players. I would, I would guess that the— Well, they the, drafted Anderson. They got Will Anderson, I would, too. I guess yeah. the preseason prognostications on them were to win six or seven games. I doubt even that much. Like, right. But it turns out because we they were don't all have wrong about like they don't have elite wide receivers. Now we like their wide receivers, but they don't have elite wide receivers. They don't have elite running backs. Like offensively, no, well, Nico, I mean, Nico Collins is becoming. He's not elite, but he's, he's well, Tank he, Dell he's a star. when he was healthy. Well, he was putting up elite type numbers. Yeah, like go look at his game logs before he snapped his leg in whatever game that was. Right, let's go to the phones. 800-636-1067. You want to chime in on the MGM National Harbor Lister lines? All right, let's go to Bill in Huntington. Bill, what's up, bud? You're on with the Junks. Hey, gentlemen, how you doing? Um, it is a stat there. It shows playoff stats. It shows Romo was six games and two and four, and mm-hmm. Zach was seven games and two and five. I mean, honestly, they both give you the excitement, we give you the thrills, you know, get you there, but they can't get you over the hump. I just think Dak is just a little bit of what Romo is, even though Romo's been there longer. So, myself personally, I'm tired of just getting there and being a choke solid. I'd rather invest in some uh, a rookie and try to make it work in leadership. But coffee has to go, but we're not going to get any leader because Jerry wants a yes man, and Belichick is not that. Thank you for your time. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, there was no news yesterday, but there might be news today or tomorrow about the head coaching position with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, so he wants to get rid of Dak and draft a rookie. Well, you're drafting at the end of the first yeah, round. you're drafting at 24. You're not like, drafting good luck. number one, two, three. So, right. I mean, you're, you're talking about getting a, a fringe, almost a fringe second-round quarterback? Um, all right, And I'm luck. guessing the free agent quarterback crop is probably – very mediocre outside of Kirk Cousins. Like, I don't think there's a lot out there. Yeah, you're not getting anything in free agency. I would also make the same argument with coaches, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like, I I know Cakes vehemently disagrees with this, but, I mean, if if Mike McCarthy is good enough to win 10, 11 games every year, he can – and he's – by the way, he's also won a Super Bowl. He can win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. First of all, he's already proven it. Um, So a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Sometimes you got to keep knocking on the door. And my example there is Gary Williams. 
Yeah. We, hell, we made a song about it. Gary, it can't get past the Sweet 16. It just ain't cut out for it. It just ain't going to happen. Not the kind of – and boom. Back-to-back Final Fours, win a national look, championship. Look, Cowboys fans, I'm open to it. Just give me a scenario of what you think is a good move if you don't want Dak. Now, when your salary gets up there in that $50 million range or whatever and it really starts to handicap the rest of your roster, okay, I understand that. Yep. But I don't think that he's wired in a way – that he can't win in the playoffs. I refuse to believe that. These are the best of the best, especially like the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They're the well, best of the best. If you're the Cowboys, look, this is unlikely to happen, but let's say you make the frank assessment and you say, you know what, Dak's a really good regular season quarterback. He's not good enough to get us to the next level. Mm-hmm. And you say, we're going to trade next year's first rounder, the next year's first rounder, and C.D. Lamb for the number one pick. Well, well they're not. that's not happening. Why would you trade the best one to get or Caleb Williams? Best one or two wideouts in the league to get Caleb Williams? You can get a wideout later. Oh, you I'm, want the right quarterback? I'm not trading C.D. Lamb. I'm just not. Okay, I'm well, not you have to take big swings. That's the point. Do you want to keep playing it safe and just hope that eventually he's going to break through, or do you want to take a big swing? I would so, probably so so play tra- it safe with Dak Prescott. You're trading Dak and trade Dak and C.D. and two number. No, ones. I didn't even put Dak into the package. Oh. I don't know what you would do with Dak. So you're trading two you number ones trade. and CD to He's Chicago. He's just talking trash hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not realistic, but just in a, you know, work with Well, him. first of all, the, yeah, you're just throwing it out there. I get it. But those number one picks aren't going to be top picks if you still have Dak. So why would well, you're going to move Dak? Okay. Why would the Bears I guess you put do, Dak in the trade? I, sure. Yeah, that's because you're not going to trade your number one it's overall. It's just my point. Do you stay with a guy who. And what EB is saying essentially you, you is keep he doesn't believe whether a guy's clutch or not. I do think there's a big part of of that, and there are a lot of factors. Like you said, I do think there is a snowball effect, and the pressure builds. Mm-hmm. Um, but some guys are just better in playoff situations. Some guys are, and that's what he's going to be judged by at the end of his career. That's why but next not, year is even bigger than this year. But it's not always pressure that gets you. Sometimes <laughs> you just play bad. I agree. It it, pressure. No, but part of it is crappy. part of it is you play better teams. We saw this with Sam Howell. Yeah. Once right. he started playing better teams, his play slipped. And there were other factors there, too. But maybe against better teams, he's yeah, not you don't good play, enough. You don't play 17 games against crappy opponents. Yeah, I mean, they play plenty <laughs> of good teams, and Correct, they play well. but it's well. different in the playoffs. I mean, Dak has beaten Philly before. He's beaten good teams in a regular season. I had I, no pressure in my garage last night, and I hit the ball like butt. <laughs> Zero pressure. Day before, hit it great. Well, what was the difference? Being a human. Being human, some it, days are good, some days are bad. Wait, but you would can't you, just absolve people for if it but, consistently right, happens. You, would you have the same? Would you have the same discussion if they lost at home in the divisional round? Depends. So, on so, how they, so, so, they, so they beat they, so they beat, beat Green, Green Bay, Bay and then and they, they lost at, to Detroit or somebody. Yeah, in yeah. the divisional round. No, because now there's more data where you got to win. I, even I actually I disagree. I actually think people would still have this discussion. They probably would. So, I mean, Until Cowboys fans would. Yeah, because their expectations are Or at least gets so to high. a conference championship. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably it would. One or two wins is not going to satisfy anybody. And and I get it. I I know that. I'm no, but if wired. he would have if he would have beaten Green Bay and then went and got to a conference championship and played at San Francisco, let's say. These these voices wouldn't be there's as no, loud. Di- there's no disrespect to him being like the eighth or ninth best quarterback. On the planet, maybe that's just what he, he just doesn't have. But the you don't have to be the to best. Higher, but you don't have to be the best to win a Super Bowl. No, I, I, I'm, I I'm too like he... ingrained here, cakes, and you're here during this time too. Seeing Joe Theismann, a 
former friggin' punt returner CFL player, win a Super Bowl. Mark Rippon, journeyman, win a Super Bowl. That's 40 years ago. Okay, the NFL is so different now. It's still the NFL. It's still the NFL, but it's it's so much it's more a passing, passing driven, yep. quarterback reliant than it was in 1983. It's it's 1991. Not, it's almost not the same sport at this point. Well, I disagree. They're still the top guys. The quarterbacks were still the leaders of those football teams. Um, and I've just seen too many journeymen be able to, in a lot of ways, it's just be hot. I mean, Flacco was just hot mm-hmm. at the right time. I mean, do you think Flacco proved he can be clutch? Do, are we blaming? Are we saying he struggled with that terrible game because he's not clutch? It's not a bad day. The fairy tale ended. Which you talking well, about the, Cleveland, just, the most yeah, recent the Cleveland game? He was well, just, you know, I mean, he's, he's just he's not old. as good. He's not he's as good old. as he was. Like, maybe, maybe, but the, the they said during the broadcast, who's their coach? Stefanski. Stefanski said when they brought Flacco in for a workout, he threw the football as good as anybody they've ever seen. Yeah. And he had a good, he had pretty good regular okay, season game. He just ball, had a bad the, game. Throwing the ball in a workout is different than throwing it in a playoff game. Well, he played game. pretty well when given the opportunity, but in that last he game, well he played bad. Stretch, and then he then he gagged all over himself in the playoff game. Yeah, but you're judged but, by your playoff wins, what everyone says, and he's got a lot of playoff wins. He does. Yeah. So I don't think he can't sucks under pressure. I think he just played bad. Well, of course that can yeah. happen, but yeah. the guys that win Super Bowls, by and large, you can find your Nick Foles outliers. But, but the best Flacco the best. is clearly beyond his prime. Dak is still in his prime. Right. There's a difference. We've got to take a break. You want to chime in? 800-636-1067. We're the Junkies. Coming right back. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 